it's me. I like that. When I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside? Uh-huh. i see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow. Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. This crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, with milks with chocolate. The cookies, butter crunch, 88. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I've been began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart, break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections, some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing to protect my position. I'll corner my layer while we out here. Say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the free sky's the limit. Motherfucker. 
I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt. And alligators, uh-huh. you want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place, play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. Enterprising, I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections. Drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately. Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the phrase, sky's the limit. Nice. All right, man. God damn. All right. What is going on, guys? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Sales Podcast, man. This is your 2023 Revolution Show Review, man. 
Yes, me and Zerkay are wearing the same shirt again. Dude. No, it was not planned again. Not at all. Um, Shit. But yeah, man. Um, yes, let's hop right into the intro. Man, let's not waste anybody's time, man. What is going on, guys? We're back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Podcast, man. If this is your first time watching the show, and you guys do not know how the show works, every Monday we are on here with Notorious Unscripted, and every Friday at 4 p.m. Central, we are live with the newsman. Uh, speaking of not this past Friday, but this past Wednesday, we had a uh, special Wednesday edition of the news. Sir K came back from his uh, vacation today, so you know that's why we did the news on Wednesday. But if you guys did miss the episode of news, revolution predictions, Gunther next in line for the WWE Championship, and a bunch of other stories, man, you guys can now find that on all platforms. That is Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here every Monday. I mean, sorry, every Friday at 4 p.m. Central for the news, man. Also, if you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Hills Podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. And it is in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. All eight of these beautiful designs and more than just a t-shirt. Uh, you guys get them in hoodies, long sleeve, youth, tank tops, regular shirts. You guys know the whole deal, man. Um, uh, yeah, man. That uh, All eight of these beautiful designs are available for you guys, man. You got the Chicago flag design, the skyline design, the base logo, the best kept secret to the IWC, the Riddler inspired shirt. The Scratch logo, the only community that matters, the Uncrowned Kings of the IWC, and the Christmas merch, man. You guys can now find all eight of these beautiful designs again on Bonfire.com or in the um, in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. And also, as you guys know, link is at the top of the description of this video, man. If this is your first time watching and you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast, I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sir K right next to me, man. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Going good. Just um, just got back from vacation, man. It was, it was awesome. Nice to see the family and shit, man. And it, it was nice. It was really nice, man. Um, got back today, early in the morning. Came home, showered chilled picked me up and then revolution the whole revolution AEW pay-per-view setup started and now setting up an AEW pay-per-view oh man you gotta go through all a bunch of hoops just to get it to fucking work man but it actually was really smooth this time once we actually got it to work yeah so uh, when we're on my phone airplaying it to my TV, the airplay tends to go out a lot. Mm -hmm. But um, today, uh, what we had to do, this was the obstacle for us today. This was the story <laughs> of revolution fails. today. My laptop does not have a HDMI cable in it. So what we had to do was run to Walmart at 6 o'clock. And, you know, central time, the show starts at 7. We had to run to Walmart at uh, 6 o'clock and get an adapter that is USB-C to HDMI. So that was, once that once we got that problem out of the way, then the, the laptop screen wasn't showing on the TV. So Sir K fixed that. Then once, um, then once that worked, 
the uh, my BR Live wanted to all of the sudden how many pay per views le uh, we've watched on there later. Now all of the sudden it wants to tell me I cannot purchase a pay per view because my email is not verified. All of a sudden, <laughs> I don't know how it let me buy all the other ones, but this time around it wanted to make me do that. But thankfully, our buddy, shout out to him. Uh, let us use his account that was verified because for whatever reason mine wasn't verified all of the sudden. So, shit just don't make sense, <sighs> man. That, the struggles of fucking watching an AEW pay per view, man. But once it worked, it actually fucking worked. It man. actually worked. One little thing about Bleacher Report on the computer, the little fucking play bar does not go away. You can't get it to go away. Yeah, of course, another hiccup with BR Live. Yeah. But um, other than that, man, I've been great, man. Today was a cool day. It was a great week, man. Glad to be home and glad to be here with you guys, man. Um, usually, you know, we'll either be here soon or in the replay. Durante is here to ask. How's life? How's the family? Life's good, man. The family's great. What about you, Logan? Everybody in chat, how you guys doing? What about you, bro? How you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Um, yeah, dude, just just chill, man. It was a really fun, fun uh, day. I've been looking forward to this day for a while. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything's been uh, everything's everything's been pretty good, man. Um, the the past couple days since it was so fucking weird not being on Friday, it was so weird just having nothing to do. Like once four o'clock hit, I was just sitting there like. I feel like I should be doing something right now, but um, I, I, I was work. I've been working on uh, to give you guys uh, not to give you guys a sneak peek, but to give you guys a heads up. Tomorrow, uh, you're gonna see a new look for Unscripted. Not nothing too drastic. Uh, I, um, not nothing too drastic. Uh, we have a new banner on the channel. If you guys care about that kind of thing, man. But there, there's gonna be a new look for Unscripted. A refreshed, uh, sharpened. Sharpen look, a nice, a nice clean refresh for um, uh, uh, unscripted and the regular uh, Friday show. There's gonna be um, no new logo for the Friday show, but you know the screen you see us in here yeah. is gonna be a little more sharpened, man, a little more sharpened. So it's gonna be nice, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, man. So. Yeah, that's what I spent my time doing, man. So, uh... Hell yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and as Durante always asks, man, I'm good. Family's good. What about you, Durante? And thank you for always asking, man. So, let's go over some of the comments, man. We see Logan, man. Logan, what's going on, Logan? What's up, man? He says, Revolution was damn good. My only problem was that there was a lot of matches I found myself on my phone during because I was just really disinterested. Yeah. Definitely, bro. Definitely. I definitely feel that. Also, one of the things with Revolution is like, I tweeted out during the show that it just doesn't feel like an AEW pay-per-view. And I, what I meant by that was not that the matches were bad. No. But it just felt like really... Hey, no, what's up, Durante? Durante. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, I don't know, man. It just felt really off. I, I don't know if it was the fact that there was no, like... 16 matches on the card that's a good thing that's a good thing but it just felt like really different um something just felt off man i don't know what it was yeah and it's not you know it, it wasn't any of the matches uh the matches were fucking great it was a good show but it was just something about it i don't know i can't really put my finger on it what exactly it was but um 
maybe another thing I was thinking, but going into the pay-per-view, this is probably the least excited I've ever been for an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, definitely. I think that could play a very good part in it. It just didn't even feel like a pay-per-view day, man. Mm-hmm. And like we said during watching, it didn't even feel like it was a... It didn't feel like an event. Usually AEW pay-per-views feel like an event. You can't wait for it. You know something's going to happen. That's cool. And it kind of just happened. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. But it kind of just happened, man. And it felt weird, man. Definitely felt weird. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I mean, you know, not like anything was, was, you know, necessarily bad. But it was just... Something just felt off. Something just felt off. Logan says he almost wore the red FTR shirt as well, but he's wearing the Blackpool Combat Club shirt that came in the box. Sweet, bro. Love that shirt. Love that shirt, man. He also says the new images, uh, the new figure, um, the new images, the, the images of the new figures fucking suck. Is this what the new ownership of Jazzware is doing? Yes. Um, are you talking about the figures that they, like, uh, the new Unrivaled set with, like, Jamie and Dad and, and FTR? Um, or are you talking about the figures that they showed on their little Twitch live stream, the, the Brody, the Danhausen, and CM Punk? Because, uh, yeah, they didn't really do a good job at taking those pictures. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, if that's what you're talking about, man, I mean, yeah, they were really far away, very blurry shots, it was just weird, it was just weird, but, um, yeah, man, also, let us know if, uh, let us know if we sound okay, Yeah. obviously, because, um, it's always different doing next to each other, definitely, we're using a different mic, so, not the typical mic you guys see me using, um, but yeah, man, um, I guess we can go ahead and yeah, those yeah, those are really bad pictures. Those are really bad pictures, man. Um, however, however, man, we have the first match on the card. <laughs> man, shame we missed this one, man. Obviously, as we told you guys, literally right as zero hours started, we had to run to Walmart to get the HDMI adapter. So I can actually use my phone and live tweet Look at that. during an AEW show with you guys. So yeah. we have the varsity athletes, Tony Nice and Josh Woods, uh, and Arya Davari versus Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers. Um, okay. F- why exactly is the Lucha Brothers with Mark Briscoe? Don't really know, to be honest, man. I wish I had an answer to that. Yeah, I don't know what's up with some of these, with some of these, uh, some of these pairings Tony Khan likes to put together for, you know, even if it's for a one-off, it still is just like, why? Like, seriously, doesn't make much sense, man. However. However, it's nice that they're giving Mark uh, something to do, you know, something to do um, in the professional wrestling world. So, uh, yes, this match went 12 minutes and 50 seconds with Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers defeating Arya Davari, Josh Woods, and Tony Nese. Shocker, they fucking lost. Goddamn. That's all they're good for. Yeah. So that was that match. Like I said, we did not get to watch that match, so there's nothing really to say too much on that matter. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. Shit. So, with that, man, the actual opening match to the pay-per-view was this match, man. Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks with the JAS being banned from ringside. This match was going fine and well, you know. Yeah. This match was going... This match was going all right, and um, then, um, yes, that's that. Yeah, yeah that's that's it. another great point with Mark Briscoe. He is walking around with two tag titles now. You know what I would like to see them do is relinquish, uh, or retire. Not relinquish, retire. Those designs of the belt, like you know, the I think it would be nice, uh, nice and poetic if the Briscoes were to be the last ones to ever hold those designs, um, you know, and introduce the new, introduce a new Ring of Honor, um, you know, tag team championships. But yeah, whatever they do, uh, they need to do something quick because they're, uh, you know, it's not. Ben, it, it's not gonna end. It's not gonna be beneficial to that show, especially if you have tag teams on there that have nothing to fight for. Exactly, man. Um. Yes. Uh. Yeah. This match was okay. This match was okay. It wasn't really the longest match. It wasn't really the longest match in the world. Um. And, and nothing too. Nothing too. Um. Nothing. Nothing too. Too special. Uh. Nothing too spectacular here, man. When Sammy Guevara ran out from ringside, it kind of defeated the whole purpose of the match. Yeah. Because the JAS was banned from ringside, but Sammy Guevara ran down to the ring. Yes, he was intercepted intercepted by Action Andretti, but still, I mean... Shouldn't that have instantly disqualified Jericho? Right, so if... Exactly. So, if Action Andretti wasn't there... What would they have done? Like that? I didn't know. I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't like that part of the match. I think it kind of undermined the whole point of the match with the JS being banned. Yeah. So um, that part was weird, man. But the ending itself was all right, man. I kind of like the way that Rick Starks ended up blocking the Judas Effect, man. Yeah. And that was pretty cool, man. I liked. I liked that. Like the exact ending. But that Sammy Guevara part kind of felt really undermining to me. It really did. Like, um, you know, I said it when we were watching it, but it, it really, uh, for me, defeated defeated the whole purpose of the yeah. match. I mean, it was kind of just like, okay, again, what if Action Andretti wasn't there? Sammy Guevara was just going to willingly walk out there and cost Jericho the match? Yeah. Like, hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, bro. But, um... But yes, Jericho went to go for the Judas effect that Ricky Stark hit him with one of these, kind of blocked it, um, turned around, man, uh, hit him with, uh, I believe, a spear and a Rochambeau, and that was it, dude. He pinned Jericho clean, and that was it, man, and I'm hoping, you know, this is going to be the, the end of this feud. Uh, AEW kind of dropped the ball with this feud, in my honest opinion, yeah. and, you know, they had a... They had Jericho going through the storyline where he was in a slump, and and maybe that's going to continue. Uh, Jericho, Jericho is always on record to have you know mapped out his his feuds 
uh, months in ahead mm-hmm. and what he wants to do months in ahead. Um, but, you know, this, uh, I'm hoping, you know, this feud was the, the final nail in the coffin because AEW uh, did a really bad job with this feud and uh, keeping everybody's interest level there. And that's especially sad because it, you know, it wasn't too long either. It wasn't too long. It was, uh, it's been two months and, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people are kind of over here. Like I said, they didn't really do a good job at all through this feud of wanting to keep people's attention there. In my opinion, I feel that this is, uh, uh, so what I would like to see, I would like to see, um, I would really like to see the Jericho Appreciation Society kick out all uh, weed out the week, if you will, and go back to its original members. Because mm-hmm. the original members is where it was at. Uh, that's the best Jericho Appreciation Society. I would go as far as to say that's the best faction that that's the best version of a faction that Chris Jericho's been in oh, since yeah. AEW was those original five members in the JAS when they started. Um, I think they, I, I think they, you know, put, really, uh, that was like the good version of that man. Yes. Plus that you would be able to put 2.0 in that tag division, give them a great tag team to work with because they're, they, it's not, it's like they're not even a thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I like JAS a lot. I just, I really don't think the rest of the members really helped a lot. I think it, that's what really killed that group. Yes, yes, it kind of felt a little overcrowded, and then when you have an overcrowded group, nobody really gets the shine like they used to, and then on top of that, we know AEW likes to, likes to, uh, AEW likes to put the focal point on Chris Jericho, Mm -hmm. so if there's a lot of people in the group, it's even worse than if... Because they're going to put the focal point on Chris Jericho anyway. But at least if there's a smaller group, the other guys can shine. And you can see that in the in the early version of the JAS. Everybody got a little bit of shine. Everybody was calling 2.0 a breakout tag team. Mm-hmm. They went on, uh, like Logan says, to, to, to do nothing. Literally. Um, you know, Jake Hager's not really meant to do anything. He's kind of there to be Chris's heater. Um, you know... Sammy Guevara shouldn't even be in the group in the first place. Shouldn't even, yeah, honestly, the the two girls shouldn't be in the group either. And then Daniel Garcia, they were telling a great story with him and Danielson uh, and Jericho, and they kind of dropped the ball on that too. Um, you know, that's just my opinion, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping this is over and we can kind of see. Uh, my preferred way of booking is Jericho, you know, kind of being fed up with the shit kind of being fed up with you know trying to teach daniel garcia and stuff like that because you know this shit worked in the beginning this group was a force to be wrecking with in the beginning of it and i would like to see jericho go back to those roots if you will man so yeah hell yeah man same i hope it can really go back to that standpoint especially mainly the one i really want to be stand out again is 2.0 man i miss that group Yes. Yeah, I want to I really want an emphasis back on 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. Um Definitely. those guys are a trio. Mm-hmm. They've been a trio since they've came into AEW and then um if you need them to go do tag stuff, you have 2.0. Yeah. If you need somebody to challenge for the All Atlantic or TNT Championship, 
Hey, what's up, JT? What's up, JT, man? Um, and if you need somebody to challenge for one of those mid-card titles, yeah. you got Daniel Garcia. Easy. If they're, you know, not doing anything in those divisions, you got yourself a trio that makes sense. So, you know. Perfect. I would like to see a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, man, I hope, I, I hope this is the end of it. I hope this is the end of it, man, uh, because, you know, Ricky Stark got his win, and, and, you know, Jericho, I would like to see him kind of continue to snowball uh, on this downward spiral of his career, man, the uh, the slump of Jericho, <laughs> if you will, if you will, man, so. Exactly. Yeah, man, so, yes, Ricky Stark's picked up the victory, also with this pay-per-view, they hardly gave anything any room to breathe. Oh my god, it was like a rampage. Dude, I mean, as soon as Ricky Sark's music went off, they're, you know, instantly Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Christian Cage. And, and you know, they would do that quick. They would do the B-roll quick. Mm -hmm. Then they would just jump into Christian's music. And I'm like, damn, this is going pretty fucking quick, man. So, um... That's one thing with Tony Khan. I know you don't like to waste no time, and that's okay, you know, but you also have to let things breathe. There's a difference between wasting time and just letting it breathe. Adding a couple seconds between everything you do just makes it all breathe together, I think, very nice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yes, Jade Cargill's matches on pay-per-views are wasting time. Exactly. You know, letting things, you know... Giving it a nice three to five seconds between each theme song. Dude, it's three it's to a, five fucking seconds. That's literally all they need to do. And then there'd be the flow would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But like, and because, I mean, not every match needs a, you know, little promo package. Some matches make sense to not have one. There wasn't, especially with AEW at this point with the lack of stories, man. Yeah. So. I, I made a joke during the House of Black versus the Elite <laughs> match. I said, um... I said uh, Excalibur is going to be like, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to call for the video package. He's going to be like, and now for the story for the Elite and the House of Black. And then you're going to see a revolution transition. And then it just go right into another revolution transition. And then it's going to go right into their entrances. Because there's no fucking story to go over. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know why. Those are another two. I don't know why they didn't have one. There's a couple ones that should have. And it just, it would make the show feel a lot more purposeful in a way, man. And I think just adding a couple seconds in between each entrance and match and whatnot could really help the show. Yes, it also gives your live audience a oh, I can It's bad for us. I can only imagine what it's like when you're sitting there and, you know... You're tired, you just got through marking out for a great match, and then you gotta fucking mark out because somebody else you like is coming out. Like, holy shit. You just sit down as the fucking match ends, and then 20 seconds later you gotta fucking rush back up because some motherfucker's coming out. It's pretty annoying, man. So they gotta give a little bit of time to breathe in between matches, man. Definitely. So advertise Dynamite maybe a little once or twice in there. Yep. Just, just add a little stuff. Because I saw a lot of people tonight on Twitter, the AW shills, saying how much they liked the pacing tonight. And I'm like, dude, it's all you care about matches? Have a little breath. I think so. Oh, that, that's all I care I, about. I'm genuinely matches. starting to think that at this point. They, I mean, really, they should really just go watch New Japan at that point. But, um... 
Andrew's way for Forbidden Door, but like, give us give shit time to breathe, man. Give shit time to breathe and just let it air out. Let the room air out of fucking excitement so you get excited for the next thing. It's like fucking, these fans have fucking ADHD. They just need fucking constant movement. Yeah. Like, bro, take a breath. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and like I said, that poor live crowd, oh I can God. only imagine how insane that is dude i mean from one th- literally mm-hmm. ricky start ricky song cuts off immediately this is next and then immediately into christian song and then after that immediately after jungle boy wins man immediately into the fucking house of black uh you know little b-roll and then immediately into their theme song and it's just a common theme throughout the night with everybody it's like, oh, hey, hey, time to breathe, man. take a break, man, take a break, relax. You're still, because one thing they don't realize that does, you're thinking about the end to that last match into the start of the next match, and you're only supposed to do that in important situations where I'd like, oh, shit, that just happened. Now I'm still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But when that's every match, that's a problem. That's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's not the end of the world. It just would be nice to have better pacing. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's like... uh, Like uh, here with Chris Jericho, for example. It would have been nice to just kind of see him sit in the ring. Like... Like, damn. Fuck, bro. Fucking keep losing. Like, it almost reminds me of WrestleMania 34. Mm -hmm. When Asuka lost the streak... She should have had an Undertaker-esque moment of her sitting there like, damn, like I just fucking lost. Nope. She tells Charlotte, you were the one ready for Asuka. And then they cut to fucking John Cena uh, running up the stage to go get dressed because the Undertaker's here. It reminds me of that biggest, I think the biggest NXT fuck-up that I remember is when Johnny Organo accidentally won champ of the title on TV. They filmed Johnny Gargano's reaction to accidentally letting have you know helping him win when he was sitting there you know fucking shocked. They didn't show that on TV. I remember that. I remember afterwards we found out that they filmed it but didn't show it. And I was like, why didn't you film that? That's why didn't you put that there? Yeah, that was one of their biggest fuck ups that I remember to this day because production like that really does matter, man. It just adds that much. Yes, yes, um, yeah, I mean, visual, uh, the, you know, the saying, uh, picture says a thousand words in wrestling, a, a visual, Yeah. you know, it, it really does it really say a thousand does. words, man, I mean, you know, you get a fucking Jericho just down on his ass, just like, fuck, Damn. man, exactly. a fucking loser, man, um, something like that, man, not just, oh, he beat him, and next, next. Like, yeah, it's like, come on, relax, so, you know, like Sir K said, it's not the end of the world, but... Nice. You know, you know, um, it definitely would be nice, man. Definitely. So, speaking of that next match, next we go into the next we go into the 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 final burial. <laughs> this fucking when fucking Saudi Arabia signs that contract in a couple months with the fucking WWE. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Um, yes, the final burial. The final burial, Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Christian Cage. Uh, this this match was, um, oh, 
the Ricky, Star uh, Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho match did end in 13 minutes and 35 seconds, man. Jungle Boy, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, uh, and Christian Cage. Um, <clears throat> they started the match. They started the match around ringside, just beating the hell out of each other. Try uh, Jungle Boy was trying to work Christian's elbow. Christian Cage, um, Christian Cage and him were just going back and forth. Um, yes, there was a lot of good storytelling in this match. The Definitely. ending was a little awkward. Yeah, he kind of he was like talking to him, but like I don't think Jungle Boy realized like he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, and the camera camera was really far away, so it's not like if it was really close up, I could see why he did that because then he would mouth like. I trusted you, or, you know, whatever the fuck he, was, he said. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what he said. The camera was so damn far away. It looked like they were just fucking, it looked like they were mimes. I was like, that was a little awkward. Yes, but yes, this match did have a lot of good storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know, you had uh, his mom and his sister at ringside. Like, um, thank you very much, JT. Thank, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. It's love, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, thank you, dude. Uh, yes. So, so, um, you know, these guys were ringside, uh, for, you know, the first, the first half of the match, and it was, um, it was very back and forth, it was very, very back and forth, these guys were just beating the hell out of each other, throwing each other into barricades, uh, tripping each other onto steel steps, I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was just really back and forth, man, they ended up going on the stage, and, man, I had a... I had a really weird feeling. I had a really weird feeling that if Jungle Boy won this match, mm -hmm. Luchasaurus was going to help him. Yeah, I kept thinking, because I don't know if if it was just a set, but that little gap in between the one Tron and the back Tron, mm -hmm. I thought Luchasaurus was going to like peek out through there and do something or something. I thought, or I thought he was just going to appear somewhere. And nothing. It was kind of weird. I was really expecting him, to be honest. Me too. I, I was. Um, I felt, you know, like I said, I felt it that if it, if Jungle Boy won the match, I definitely would have suspected uh, Luchasaurus to help him win and maybe do that because, you know, Luchasaurus was, you know, promised, you know, better opportunities with Christian Cage and he hasn't gotten any of them. Yeah. You know, he's kind of... And then it fucking made me realize, like, where the hell has Luchasaurus been? Like, is he injured? He could have. Uh, let's see. I might rem. I had a thought that he might be injured. I feel like I saw that, but I'm not sure, to be honest. But like, it was weird that he wasn't here, man. I really thought he would been in this match, and like you said, not really. Helping Jungle Boy just doing something to fuck over Christian Cage because he's mad at him because he kind of fucking lied to his ass and manipulated him. Well, I'm getting something from November 15th, 2022. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks like Luchasaurus is. Okay, because I feel like, yeah, I feel like I remember that happening. So that, okay, that makes sense if he's not ready to be back yet. But man, I, I just had a feeling it was going to happen. I thought like one of them was going to open the casket and he was going to already be in there waiting or something. Or I remember at one point 
while they were by the casket, I saw a lot of smoke coming from the fucking stage. So I thought he was gonna like appear from it or something. But I guess he is still injured, man, which sucks. Yeah, he got hurt at full gear. Oh yeah, he, he did. He got hurt at, he got hurt at full gear, his uh his right arm. It's a oh, right arm injury. Fucker. Okay. Yeah, so that's so in the match against Jack Perry, he got injured. Um he got injured. Uh but yeah, um I, is this really the end? Um that was the other thing that was a little weird. One also wonder when Christian Cage's contract is up. That's true. Because he debuted, what, two years ago at Revolution? Yep. 20, no, three years. 2020. Oh my god, it Holy was. fuck. God damn. <laughs> damn. damn. Holy shit, it's been a minute. Yeah, Revol... Was it 2020? No, it was 2021. Because the crowd was there. Right? No, there was a daily space. It was empty. Oh my god, it was, damn. Yeah, because Revolution 2021 was... The first... Wasn't it the first show with the crowd again? No, that was Double or Nothing. Oh, okay. Damn. Oh my god, it was 2020, right? It could have... Let me see. <laughs> Shit, yeah, when is Christian? I'm dumb as hell. 2020 was a full crowd. Oh, yeah. It was anyway. And then it was right after then, the pandemic. I'm dumb as shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So it was... Uh, why do I feel like I remember Christian Cage there? Like... I mean, I guess he was there, like, the last... Damn, what the fuck? Uh, yes, it was 2021. Okay, yeah. Cause I feel, yeah, because I feel like I remember the crowd. He was in the 2021 Royal Rumble. Remember? The one that oh, Edge won? yeah. That is true. That is true. Let's see. Motherfucker. Fucking Christian man. <laughs> yes, March 8th, 2021. He oh, came okay. out and told the world he was going to outwork everyone. And now he's worked everyone. Yes, so it's been it's been two years, and I wonder how long he I, signed for. I really wonder how long he signed for. Um but uh but yeah man. Um Yes, so this match this match was very good. This match was very good. They told a really good story in the match. This has been a really good story mm -hmm. uh, with these two, um, just in general. So, you know, they were on top of the ramp fighting for a while, man, and uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, the story was uh, Jungle Boy did not have the killer instincts to put away Christian Cage. He was too slow. You know, he always... He always uh, gave Christian the benefit of the doubt because, uh, you know, at one point that was his mentor and he trusted him. Um, so that was the story of that. Christian Cage kind of kept countering him. Uh, almost got him in the casket, uh, you know, fully. Jungle Boy uh, put his hand up to stop it. And um, eventually, eventually Jungle Boy would find his killer instinct and he would give him the concerto and um that was an amazing um yeah that one was amazingly shot too yes the way that the yeah. chair bent and shit i really like that one absolutely <laughs> absolutely they kind of shot it from like under them yeah you know like the dude was on the ground and they were up on the stage so he kind of shot it looking up and the sound that you heard from the chair was, was also really, good. Uh, really really good mm -hmm. so he gave christian the concerto 
and they told a really, just generally a really, really good story in this match. He put him in the coffin. He put him in the coffin and, um, that's a lot of words. <laughs> Disney might trade their stake in Hulu to Comcast for the Hulk's theatrical distribution rights from Universal Studios. Oh, so I can make a Hulk movie. I'm down for that. Hmm. Interesting, man. Interesting. So, so he puts Christian Cage, he puts Christian Cage in the coffin. He sits in the dirt, and he talks to him. And he puts his arms to where they're like this, mm -hmm. you know, or like this, or I don't know. However, people lay in a fucking coffin. And he puts his yeah, arms like, like this. this. Yeah, he puts his arms like this, and he's sitting there. He kisses him on the forehead, and he's sitting there talking to him. He didn't actually kill him. So, yeah, I was like, I, I, I didn't really get that why he did that. And, like, he's playing. They're kind of they At the end, they kind of played it up like they had, like, a really, like, deep connection. And, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, I it mean, was, they like you don't need to play up the connection there that hard. He, they're mainly, you know, Jungle Boy. He's kind of just mad that you know you fucked him over, and he, he's gonna, you know, enhance his killer instinct by actually, you know, getting his killer in shit like that. It's not really, you know, they're not fucking DIY here. You don't really have to play it up like they were. <laughs> that kind of felt a little unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, Christian Cage was, you know, I mean, he was in that mentor role, but, like, he wasn't, like, his mentor of, like, five years. I mean, yeah. it was, like, a nice year, and, uh, I mean, they've been, they've been broken up for a while now, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you didn't have to play it up that hard where he's fucking sitting, sitting towards the casket, uh, sitting towards, sitting next to the casket, fucking kissing his forehead and... Getting emotional and shit. Yeah. And then at the end of the match, he's, like, on his knees on the ramp, and he's, like, looking up at fucking God, like he genuinely just caught a body. Like, <laughs> Like, bro, he's Christian's old ass, bro. You know how much fucked up shit he said to you? Fuck <laughs> that man. Like, what? Honestly. Like, that was a little weird. Definitely. Definitely a little weird, man. But regardless... It was really good. Regardless, they, they had a great match. They told a really good story, and I really liked it. I really liked it. Also, apparently, it was somebody from WWE. I'm not sure who at the moment, but somebody from WWE did book the final burial match or the uh, the coffin match or buried alive match, whatever you want to call it. It was basically like a kind of a mix of the two where you, you put them in a coffin, but you had to, like, bury them a little because you know the thing automatically lowered the only thing i probably would have added would be like jungle boy putting at least a little bit of dirt on the casket yeah that would have been a little nice i think that could like fit the theme a little better but i like the match overall it was a cool concept definitely definitely yes yeah definitely man really really cool concept to see in aew uh you know a buried alive match with these guys and, and it makes sense man it makes sense so yeah man Next, we had another banger of a match with, uh, you know, somebody who does not really care for stories that much, <laughs> uh, Kenny Omega. Kenny. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, or 
the Elite, uh, defend uh, the Trios Championships against uh, Malachi, Brody, and Buddy, the House of Black. So, this match was really good. Yeah. This match was a really, really good match. There was a couple points in here where... Um, there was a couple points in here where... where uh, I thought the Elite had them. I thought the Elite were going to win, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when the House of Black circled Kenny Omega and, and then they didn't get him. I was, I was like, like oh, eh, that's it. All right. <laughs> and they, they're going to go into the sequence here that, uh, um, you know, defeats the house. But that is not what happened. Also, we got to see Kenny Omega and Malachi Black in the same ring. Look at that, man. How has that not happened yet? I don't fucking know. But it happened, and it was a, a fucking unbelievable sight, man. We still need a singles match between these two. We got to. While both of them are still in this fucking company, y'all got to do it, man. Kenny, you don't care about story anyway, so if you can't make a story, just do the fucking match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, this... this um. It, it was crazy. Like I said, when we were watching it, I was I was saying to myself, like, wow... It has genuinely taken us two years to see these guys in a ring together. If that doesn't tell you that what you've been doing with Malachi Black is wrong, I, I don't know what does. Um, you have so many people on the roster, and as I was thinking about it, like, who has Malachi Black been feuding with recently? Like, like in his whole AEW tenure, there was the feud with Cody... You know, we remember that one. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, honestly, what the fuck happened after that? Nothing. I can't think of a single feud. Genuinely. Like, like anything that he was able to, like, sink his fucking teeth into and, like... Do. <laughs> like, and, and it, it boggled my mind as I sat there, like... And, and you know... Whether you know whether whether you spit names out to me like oh he faced this person he faced this person like okay he faced this person was it memorable yeah you know what I mean like his stuff with Cody was you know kind of memorable for the bad reasons yeah I mean it was kind of memorable for you know Cody Rhodes picking up unnecessary victories over Malachi but <laughs> like man like what damn. I don't know. I don't know what they did with him up till now, man. But after the end of that match, I'm glad the way they're going, man. And I hope he gets actual feuds as after this match. Absolutely, absolutely. There, um, yes. There, there's, there's no better way. There's no better way to go uh, with Malachi. There's no better way to go with Malachi uh, than than actually letting the guy get involved in, in some type of story and letting him sink his fucking teeth into something because, you know, like I said, man, up until this point, up until this point, bro, um, you know, he finally has a championship in AEW, and I just let they hope him, uh, I, I hope they let him uh, do the most with it, man, because he deserves it. Um, definitely, man, definitely.
Okay. 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 We were afraid we were going out for you guys, uh, so we didn't really want to continue, but um, Logan says we're going fine for you guys. We're not dropping frames too hard, so uh, I think we're good, so we're just going to... Uh, See how this plays out, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, so... Uh, yes, the Elite in the House of Black, bro, when, you know, like I said, if you give Malachi something to actually sink his teeth into, I think he could, I think he could have a really memorable run. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and I hope this is the start to you actually taking him serious as a main event guy. Um. I really hope so. I do. Also, um, yeah, right? That's what I get um. Right. Yeah, them and their them and their fucking lights oh out, man. God, I, when that fucking match oh, ended bro. and the little red light came on, you could still see them walking out the fucking ring. Come on, bro. You could definitely tell the lights went out and they were like, "Oh, I think they're trying to get us out of here." Mm -hmm. But the AEW's plan was, "All right, we're gonna cut it out and then put a fucking red spotlight on them and they're gonna look sick." I think they took it as, "Oh, okay, I guess we're Time leaving," because um, it was it was quick. It was super quick. They stood there for like a second. Lights went black. AEW production thought they were probably going to get one of the fucking sickest visuals all year. And the House of Black took it as, oh, okay, I guess we're done here. So should have fucking told them, we're going to turn the lights off after you fucking win. So you get this cool image. And, and stay tell in the nothing. fucking ring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AEW production. Man. Some of the most 50-50 thing in the world. It's like Triple H booking. No kidding, dude. And then there's AEW Productions. It's either actually, like, really good huh. or just not existing. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, bro. Seriously. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, bro, like I said, when I seen Omega and Malachi in the ring with each other, I was like... Wow. That shit was awesome, man. Pretty fucking cool, man. Pretty Hell fucking yeah. cool. It, pretty sad it's taken this long to do anything like this. Especially Malachi. I genuinely don't know how you look at him and put him in nothingness. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's consistently been really good for you. And he's consistently been, like, somebody you can always count on, like, uh, Malachi... Like, you can always look at Malachi and say, like, he's still good. You know, the problem is, like, you know, he's still good. His booking just sucks. But he's always been fucking good. It's not like a... It's not like a situation with, like, Swerve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's fucking group is horrible. Or fucking Dracula. Um, Where he's fucking booking himself into oblivion. It's like Malachi Black. He's one of those guys. He knows how to book himself. He knows how to make himself look cool. And present himself in the coolest way. Mm -hmm. And you don't do anything with him? Like, he would be one of my go-tos. Also, anytime the dude gets some sort of, uh, you know, freedom with, like, vignettes and, like, video packages oh, of some sort. Shit. Presents himself, like, a million fucking dollars. It's like Darby. Like, anytime you give it to him, he does great with it. Same with Malachi Black, so give him that same love you give Darby. Mm -hmm. yeah, I would like that a lot, man. Me I would too. Like that a lot. Uh, JT says, has he even had a world title shot in AEW yet? I don't no. Remember? No, nope. I don't think so. Nothing. He hasn't even fucking sniffed a championship that I can remember. No. You know who? And, and this is how sad this goes to show. You know who did get a little bit of love with the world championship before? Andrade. 
he had a fucking uh, TNT title shot. Mm-hmm. Malachi Black hasn't wrestled for fucking anything. Well, he was in the first ever All-Atlantic title match. Um, yeah. So you could say that. You know, I guess he's on the same level of Andrade as far as that goes in terms of guys that close, I guess. guys that have uh, kind of sniffed it, but not really. Um, I will always tell you, though, Andrade should have been the dude to uh to take the championship from Sammy Guevara um oh I think so definitely you know, they didn't go that way they wanted to go Scorpio Sky so there you, you know, go that was that and then you could have had Wardlow beat Andrade for it uh and you actually would have got uh some something of a banger out of it but exactly instead you didn't want to do that so um and but yes Malachi constant constant uh you know very consistent with with his presentation and stuff like that i do not know you know like sir k said how he isn't one of your go-tos in terms of uh you know guys you want you know maybe not constantly around a world championship but for a decent amount of time uh, around something important yeah you know um great storyteller man um speaking of stories uh like i said we got to see kenny omega and Malachi Black, Mr. Storyteller himself, Kenny Omega, in the ring with Malachi Black. And it, it, again, blew my mind. I'm like, wow, we're watching Kenny Omega and Malachi Black in the ring right now. Insane. This match was a banger. This yeah, match was. was a banger. Um, also, the Elite is a fantastic trio. We all know that. They're one of the goaded trios. The House of Black does not get the respect they deserve, bro. Oh, dude, they were whooping ass in that shit. Double or nothing. They had one of the matches mm-hmm. of the night that night. Every every single pay per view, bro. They you know they always have a, a really fun trios match, man. And, and double or nothing, double or nothing was uh, double or nothing. They had they had my um, as far as traditional matches go, they had they had match of the night. But in terms of matches in general. Um, you know, that was my second favorite match of the night next to uh, Anarchy in the Arena, but mm-hmm. um, this was a fucking banger, man. This was a banger. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of the House of Black um, just picking their spots so beautifully. Yeah. Picking their spots so beautifully, man. And, uh, you know, uh, trying to pick apart the Elite one by one, very fucking good stuff, man. If Kenny Omega can't tell a story... You know, on the mic and, and through those kind of things, uh, he told a really good story in the ring tonight, man. So, um, very, very solid stuff, dude. Very solid stuff. The ending was just as sick. Um, Matt Jackson had uh, Malachi Black up for the Melter Driver. Buddy Murphy was going for, uh, or Buddy Mur- Buddy Murphy was standing to the the side um, on the ropes. Nick. Did his flip for the Melter Driver. Buddy put his knee up. Need Nick in the face. Oh. Um, Malachi uh, got himself out of the tombstone, dude. Uh, I believe Buddy hit... Uh, Buddy Buddy and uh, Brody hit him with their their tag team finisher, I want to say. Or was, it, or was it the other way around? Did Malachi hit the Black Mass first? I think he might have hit the Black Mass first. First, and then they went into their uh, move. Yeah, see, one of those two. One of those two, definitely. And then they went into, uh, yeah, I believe Malachi hit the Black Mass first, and then Buddy hit 
Buddy and Brody hit like their suplex pile driver. I can't re- can't remember what the name of the finisher is. It's like the Damien's. Oh, it's uh, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Yes, that uh, they hit that. Um, fucking Damien. Um, yes, they hit Dante's Inferno and the House of Black won the match. Hell yeah, bro. That shit was sick, man. I love the way that match ended. And I love who fucking won that match. Thank God. Yes, they went with the right winners. They went with the right winners, man. The Elite had a nice two-month reign. Like I said, the... The Trios Championships... Although they would have been nice for Punk and FTR versus the Elite, although it could have been very nice because Punk could have came in and said, well, it's because of you guys I had to fucking relinquish my mm-hmm. AEW World Championship, you know, on some heel stuff, but, you know, now I'm going to take your belts from you. But, but, overall it doesn't need them, and they have a story built on... What they beef. have already, yeah. just their their <laughs> beef uh, and their CM Punk's history of media scrum appearances, um, and, and 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 the House of Black can go on to defend against all the great trios in AEW. I would like to see them face the JAS. Uh, I would like to see them face the the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that would could be, be really awesome. Yeah, I think that would be fucking amazing. Um, Aussie Open could be really fucking good. Yes, Aussie Open and Will Ospreay, uh, mm-hmm. United Empire. United, okay, yeah, that was their fucking faction name. Yeah. Um, tons of fucking shit tons you can groups. do. It could be so good. Yeah, and then... Um, yeah, and then, I mean, shit, you know, CMFTR could make their way around to that, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do, but the House of Black, especially the House of Black, having a record for just consistently putting on very good trios matches, you know, good. It, this was a good call. This, this was I a think very good call. Sam, I think it was the perfect call for tonight. Also, I think I would like to see the Elite... You know, while they're waiting for CMFTR, I would like to see the Elite, uh, you know, branch out for a little bit. I would like I would like to see the Bucks step back in to the dying tag division. And I would like to see Kenny Omega step back into the main event scene. I would maybe like to see him and MJF main event uh, a pay-per-view during MJF's yeah. title reign. And I think they could put on a banger and tell a really good story. I know Kenny is really crazy about those man but you could tell a great one you don't even got to do most of the work if you especially if it's against mjf man yes <laughs> yeah so so yeah man this match ended in 18 minutes exactly man this match ended in 18 minutes and um like i said man it was it was very good man it was very good um Solid, solid fucking trios match. One of the one of the best matches of the night. Um, mm, I don't know if I would put it as my my number one match. It was, it was probably you know, I I think the three matches that stand out mm-hmm. are this one, Mox and Hangman and, and the Iron Man match. Definitely. So I think those ones are are the ones that stand out. But uh, shit. Uh, this one's tough. It, to me, it's either between this or Mox and Hangman, bro. I feel like Mox and Hangman is the match I paid attention to the most for some reason. Uh-huh. 
but I don't know, man. I don't know. I really like this match, though, especially that ending sequence. It's tough, man. It's tough. I don't know if I have a match of the night. Yeah, I mean... It's weird. I'm telling you, bro. It's, it's a weird pay-per-view, man. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, dude. Um, But yeah, man. Uh, that was that. Um, That was that, man. And in the next match, we got... Ruby Soho <laughs> versus Jamie Hayter versus the... The Free Lancer. We got the Free Lancer, man. We got Soraya. We got Soraya, man. You know, we love Soraya. We love what she's doing right now on television, man. She's really, uh, she's really setting the world, the wrestling world ablaze, man. You know, now, you know, it takes, it takes some, it takes some major guts to, uh, to spray paint some L's on people. Some green spray paint, man. I fucking hate that goddamn group. So, you know, we got the freelancers, man. They, they made, they did make an appearance here at Revolution. Both mm -hmm. of them, Freelancer 1 and Freelancer 2. This match. Well, again, I ain't even gonna cap. I was on my phone that whole fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay attention to a fucking ounce of this goddamn match, man. Maybe a little bit of the beginning. And I clocked out, man. I mean, what is the story, dog? Like, dude, I, Logan, man, you're being too hard on her, man. This, this is some NWO type shit. I, I don't think dude, that's what you're understanding. Fuck Civil War Bullet Club, man. This is where it's at. The right. freelancers. The freelancers. <laughs> This is some, this is some top tier shit, man. This is this is fucking grade A comedy on Dynamite every week, man. You're being too hard on Soraya and the freelancers, freelancer number one. Um, but um, he's, yeah. Don't make it worse, Logan. Yeah, we'll get to that, man. Oh my God, we there like, there is a freelancer number three. Like I get the end point to this whole storyline. I get it, and I'd be down for that. But, like, the way they're doing it and the groups they're assembling and the shit these groups are fucking doing. Like, what the fuck, it's amazing. man? It's amazing. nothing like it. Like, dude, imagine fucking in blood and guts these fucking freelancers start spray-painting L's around the fucking match and shit. Like, spray-paint an L on a table and then they fucking put somebody through it. They're gonna do that. They're gonna spray-paint it on a fucking chair and hit them with it. You know they're gonna fucking do. I am that like. That's why I love the freelancers. You don't need to add all this weird shit, this weird retribution shit, in this storyline. Just play it straight. This is one of those storylines where you could literally just play it straight. Off reality. Yeah, and that's what I would. The opposite is a is what I want to see a little more from AEW, but this this story don't need that extra shit it doesn't need that fucking house of black fucking aura and shit just be people that's what you guys are <laughs> also between soraya and john moxley way too much fucking middle fingers oh i've my. seen enough middle fingers for the next fucking five years of my life I swear to they God. just come out like 
not necessarily for Moxley, because I feel like his middle fingers were more towards Hangman. And it's, like, cool. Like, Soraya thinks she's cool. Well, Mox is actually, you know, cool when he does it, because he's a cool guy. Yeah. But, bro, Sor- Soraya, bro, she's just... Like, is that your only way to get any kind of heat? Like, like, let me just flip the fucking audience off. Like, at least MJF does it if they're, like... A kid. Uh, if they're if they're uh, chanting at him or something like that, yeah. or like just do it to like one fan directly, he'll just fucking put his middle finger in a kid's face or something like yeah. that. That makes sense. That's cool, but just doing this down the ramp looks fucking retarded. Like it really <laughs> does, dude. It looks. It just looks fucking awful. It really fucking looks awful, man. So. Freelancer, also, another thing about Freelancer, number one, you know, I, I hate that I'm saying this because, you know, uh, you know, generally speaking, it, it is it is a great thing to have uh, Soraya back and, yeah. you know, to see her back. Oh my lord, is she rusty, or I don't even know what you fucking call that, like, just sloppy, very sloppy, man. Oh. Yeah, you fucking know that shit. You'll press every single top button. It's just gonna be. <laughs> uh, it sucks. We're not gonna be seeing the freelancers in the game. I wonder if they put Blady in that game. We need to see. Uh, probably, probably a John Moxley special. It's probably that, his OMG uh, moment. That's his other taunt. Just. <laughs> just fucking blading himself. Yeah, man. I will say, we do need the Freelancer DLC pack. It comes with Soraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and a fucking thing of spray paint, man. That's the worst part, is that if she is going to be DLC, that's going to be exactly how she's going to be in that game, as the Freelancer iteration of her. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. At least they update that game, and that's the plan. Yeah. So eventually, when the storyline ends, and she acts normal... We'll probably get another normal version of her. But, like, yeah. come on, dog. I don't want to play as Frida. Her taunt will be fucking spray paint. <laughs> oh, man. Or this will be her other taunt. Oh, my God. Loser. Man. Whew. This match was fucking horrible. Dude, I this didn't match, pay attention to a second of it. This, this match was not it. Um, It's funny. Because the last AEW pay-per-view, we had nothing but good things to say about the women's title match, oh, which yeah. was Jamie versus Tony. Dude, I think I think if you would have done Jamie versus Ruby, mm-hmm. this would have been pretty fucking sick. Soraya in there, for me, just kind of sloppied the fuck out of everything, man. Yeah, I think it definitely did, man. I think... The way I would have booked the story is I would have left Ruby out of the, you know, faction story that they're making up. And I would have used Ruby and this story as an opportunity for her to steal the title eventually mm. from Jamie Hayter. And I think just a one-on-one match could have elevated that eventual sequence really well. Is that, you know, Soraya would end up probably coming in and, you know, the whole faction stuff would probably fuck up the match for her. Mm-hmm. And then she could realize that and see... And at the end of it, use it to our advantage to get the title. But, like, just making it a fucking a triple threat or a fucking three-way for that that they call it for some fucking reason. Um, it just threw it off, man. So I was just... She, she's, not, she's not horrible. 
I mean, I've seen fucking worse before, but like, man, like, what are you doing? Like, at least protect her in the ring. Fucking cover it up that she's not great at the moment. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. So, Jamie and Ruby are in a uh, roll-up tussle, mm -hmm. and Ruby ends up getting pinned by Jamie. She ends up getting pinned by Jamie uh, for the three. Uh, Jamie does retain the championship. However, however, um, Jamie, Jamie Hayter uh, wins the match. Ruby Soho sitting in the corner, like, just upset, frustrated. Freelancer 2 hops in the ring and just starts kicking Jamie Hayter. Starts whooping her ass. Soraya starts whooping her ass, too. Britt comes in. You know, they take care of her. Ruby's sitting in the corner. Ruby gets up, throws Tony and uh, Soraya out of the ring, and she says, um... Uh, this this is our home. You don't run you don't run shit here, bitches, or something like that. Announcers are going crazy. Ruby Soho's with Team AEW. Ruby Soho's with Team AEW. Jamie Hader walks over, raises her hand as if she didn't just pin her, and <laughs> Ruby was gonna be a little upset about that. Yeah. And Ruby hits her with the no future. And now Ruby Soho has no future because now she's with the freelancers. Um, yeah, yeah, quite yeah. ironic there. I think Ruby Soho is the no, the one with no future after that fucking creative blunder. I swear to God, man, <laughs> she fucking joined this god awful group, and what do they fucking do to these fucking women? They get out the fucking with lime green spray paint <laughs> and fucking spray paint elbows on their fucking bodies. Dude, you're not cool. Stop. <laughs> like, just stop. Man, if I was a fan, I was ringside, I would have hopped that shit and grabbed that damn spray paint from that table. Seriously. I'm hiding that shit. I'm taking it with me. Dude. Like, dog, that shit sucks. Come on, man. Yep. Ruby Soho now has no future, legitimately. Nope. The destination is unknown. Um, She's now a freelancer. She is now freelancer number three. Come on, man. So, I'm assuming this ends her friendship with Willow? I would, I would assume so. <laughs> I don't know at this point, man. I don't fucking know, man. I mean, Willow's kind of on ROH right now, it looks like, so we might not even see her on AEW TV for a minute. Right. So we got we got uh, Britt, Jamie, Sheeta's going to come back and be a part of this team. Um, however, if Triple H has proven anything, it is that uh, turning Joshi women heel can really... Good can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. So it's going to suck that Hikaru Shida is going to stay a babyface and mm -hmm. join this AEW team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do, I guess? Um, Who the fuck is going to be the last member of the fucking freelance? Who's going to be freelancer for? Soraya. Soraya. Mercedes. Oh, yeah. But, like, why the fuck would she be a freelancer, bruh? 
I don't. I it, it makes no sense. I mean, Soraya was literally out in public saying, uh, you know, how frustrated she was with WWE. Tony Storm was out out on record saying WWE made her uh, contemplate quitting wrestling. Like, that's the thing about the storyline. They're setting it up as like WWE women versus AEW homegirl women. When it just make it about invaders just make just frame it like the the women freelancers oh no <laughs> like the women on the AEW side they're not like natural enemies with these people because they're from a different company but it's that they feel like they're being invaded by different people and their spots are being taken not that you know you're from the fed so i fucking hate your ass <laughs> like i don't know man yeah, I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. But I have a feeling. I have a feeling this is going to <laughs> fucking soon. Fuck, come on, TK, tell us. Tony Khan, man. It'll be announced soon. It's coming up soon. I feel with the closer we get, the rumored March 31st might be true, or I feel if it's not that, it's going to either be April or May. Mm-hmm. And well, if it's anything beyond that, somebody needs to get their head out of their ass. I mean, God. May stretching it. Exactly. You know, it really um, should be March or April. Yes, beginning, mid-April, something, dude. Something like that. But, uh, um, dude, yeah. This this is this is no good. This storyline is no good. Uh, it, it really isn't. It's no good for anybody, quite frankly. Um, yeah, man. Um, I feel like this is just slowly falling. <laughs> fucking doing that every time. Oh. I, every time I look at you, you're at a different angle. Fucker. It's not that March thirty second. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So. You know, it better be it better be somewhere around April, man. It better be somewhere around April. Um, I can hope, but uh, yes, if it's anything if it's anything towards May or if it's anything after May, they're really fucking stretching it, man. Like really, really bad. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go with this, man. I don't know where we go from here. Um. Will Mercedes come in? Um, I could see her coming in non-contractually obligated. Yeah, um, she'll sign a contract. No, no, I don't. I don't think she will. Uh, I've even heard stories that she's not interested in anything long-term right now. For anything. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. No clue. Um. Yeah. So. I don't know, but it is not good. It is not good, man. This is this is not uh, this is not good at all. I don't think uh, for Ruby. I don't think this mm-hmm. is going to be good for Ruby. Even though I really liked what they were doing with Ruby before this, now I feel she's just Tony Storm has been nothing but a background member in this group. I I feel oh yeah Ruby's going to be the same thing, and they're kind of just going to be behind Soraya, and that's going to be it. As you know. Where, you know, you have, you know, the outsiders and the homegrown. If you have the outsiders and the homegrown, I kind of like Ruby, who was kind of like an outcast. She wasn't really with any group. She was kind of just by herself. And 
that could have been really fucking cool to see, man. But now she's uh now she's a freelancer. You hate to see it, man. You hate to see it. The freelancers, man. I hate that fucking group. Man. <sighs> Next, man, we got this beauty of a match. We got the Texas Death Match, which yes, I, I, I agree. I agreed there, Logan. I would I would honestly rather not see any of this group, but um Man, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Not interested in it at all no. whatsoever, though. Uh, okay, Texas Deathmatch, man, John Moxley and Adam Hangman Page. This match was pretty fucking good, man. This match was pretty good. Um, this is probably right there with me as well for the House of Black. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this match, only problem with this match was they... Could have done a thousand times better with explaining the rules to us. Yeah. Because, like, we looked up the rules to a Texas death match, but we didn't even know if it was true. You know what I mean? Right. It, it would have been nice just to flash the little thing they did like they did for the main event, which everyone, if you watch AEW, you know the fucking rules to a fucking Iron Man match. Hate to break it to fucking AEW, but a Texas death match... Not everyone knows the rules. Just flash the rules up. You get it's either, um, what's it called? Fucking false count. It's a last man last standing, man. but a submission counts as well. Exactly. It would've been nice to just tell us that. Right, because the rules I looked up said that there has to be a three count to take place, and then after the three count, the refs start to ten count. Yeah. It made no fucking sense. No. It made absolutely no sense. So you got to beat the guy for the three count, but then he has to stay down for the ref's ten count. The fuck? Like... Okay. Um, yes, they could have did a really better job with explaining the rules of a Texas death match because if I'm being... Uh, if I'm... If my memory serves me correctly, there was a Texas death match with, um... I believe it was Hangman and Lance Archer mm -hmm. last year, and it was just like a regular... Death match, right? Death match, if That's my memory serves me correctly. Maybe one of them pinned or submitted. Maybe they submitted Lance, and they didn't even like let us know the rules, really. Oh, God, that'd be even fucking worse. They fucking submitted the fucking loser. But I feel like they would just got pinned. Uh, I don't know, man. They should have just... This gimmick. He is Lance Loser. Yes. But um they should have just flashed some rules up for this fucking match. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. So Yeah, man. Um Yes, so that was um that was the only thing that bugged me is, you know, I you know, noticed the ref was making a ten count, but then once Moxley submitted, I was like Okay, I mm -hmm. guess that's the rules to a Texas death match. It's a last man standing match with the addition of submissions. So, you know, there's that. But uh, Mox and Hangman had a fucking banger. They had another fucking banger here tonight. They had another great ass match. Uh, there was barbed wire. Uh, you know, if there's if there's three things that's guaranteed in life, it's death, taxes, and John Moxley blading. Um, 
he was man. he was doing his thing again tonight. Uh, just doing his thing, man, and just blading it up. Um, and one thing I will say about the blood, you know, it's blood. Who cares? I don't care. Especially in this match, obviously people are gonna bleed. My only thing, it was made a little obvious once you caught on when there was blading and when it was a blood pack, because with Hangman, for almost all the blood that he got. By the end of fucking every sequence, it was gone. <laughs> so you could tell it was a blood pack by Hangman. And with Moxley, you could see the little fucking slit that he obviously fucking in the fucking corner while he was out. <laughs> it, it was like, it wasn't really that they bled. It's that they made it a little obvious of how they were doing it for certain sequences. Obviously, you know, sometimes it just happens, especially in that matches just happens but like they made it a little obvious maybe it's just because they do it so much that it's easy to catch on but i don't know it's just something i was joking about during the match absolutely absolutely man but um yeah this was great bro there was uh mm -hmm. they were using so much barbed wire i was like man they should have just fucking ran it back uh with the exploding barbed wire death match but this time just use a uh just use a just use a pyro team that knows what the fuck they're doing yeah um or just make it a, just a barbed wire death match not even explosive if you don't want to mm -hmm. just put barbed wire everywhere if there was there was a lot of it in this match definitely definitely so mox um Mox and Hangman used so much barbed wire in this match. Insane. They were they were they were using very uh, very unorthodox styles of the barbed wire. There was uh, Hangman wrapping it wrapping it around his body. They wrapped it around chairs. They had barbed wire boards. They had uh, uh, Hangman was wrapping it around his uh, boot. Uh, Mox was wrapping it around his fist. I mean, he was just they they, they were, were nuts. Yeah, they were they were. They were using the hell out of the barbed wire, man. There was bricks in this match. We got a cool little cameo. Yeah. Uh, without uh, without the man even knowing it, even though you know damn well he's watching. Oh, you know he paid that $50. Absolutely. <laughs> you know he did. Uh, Dean, Dean Ambrose here, um... Paid back, uh, paid homage to his, to his old brethren, Mr. Dean Ambrose. Uh, he hit the Death Rider, uh, Mox, uh, Mox hit the Death Rider, and right into a curb stomp on some bricks. Now, I'll tell you what we need to see. We need to see Seth Rollins hit a Death Rider on Logan Paul at WrestleMania, man. He's got to oh, pay it back. To. He's got to hit the curb stomp and then go into the Death Rider, man. I think that would be really cool. Um, I think that'd be really cool to, uh, pay it back to him, man, but I love seeing the curb song, man, and then the fans started singing Seth Rollins' theme awesome. song. So cool, man. So cool. You know that man was smiling from ear to ear watching that shit. Oh, you know he was marking out in that fucking living room. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. You, you fucking know it. You know he was, man, and we gotta see him, we gotta see him repay that favor, man. So, <coughs> yes, this Bro, there was a point in the beginning of this match where Moxley pulled out a fork oh. from his boot and... Just scraping fucking Hangman's forehead with it, man. Scraping his forehead and then he got to stabbing mm -hmm. his forehead. And then Hangman was uh, doing the same also in the beginning of the match with barbed wire. He was running it across his forehead. Just... Ugh. Oh, shit was brutal, man. It really was. 
Yes, it it was it was really really brutal, man. It was really brutal. Um, great 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 stuff though, man. Great stuff. This match was really good. You know, very unsettling at times, man. I mean, these guys were really fucking. Ugh, they're really beating the shit out of each other, man. Um. Um. Yes, a lot of barbed wire, man. A lot of barbed wire. There was a spot where Hangman fucking dove to the outside, and it looked. Like, he was about to land on his head, but in the mm -hmm. last second, he rolled. He rolled at the right second, dude, and, uh... Shit was brutal. You know, ooh, cut that board in half. But, um, Hangman, uh, then there was a spot where Hangman put the bricks upright, and he was trying to do the dead eye mm -hmm. on the bricks. Whew. God damn. And then there was another spot where they set up another one of those barbed wire boards on the ramp part of the fucking oh my God. Of ringside. And they propped it up, you know, like angle-wise on a chair, man. <laughs> fucking um, Hangman, you know, puts Mox down on it. And Mox, when he hits it, he's just like, you know, selling that he fell down. It was like a good bump. And it took him like two seconds to realize he was on barbed wire until he started doing the... Painful barbed wire yeah. sell. Dude, that shit was hilarious. You could literally see the moment where he realized he had to sell barbed wire. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> he, he laid there for a nice second. He hit, and then he was, he hit, and then like a good three seconds went by, and then he was like... <laughs> <laughs> he fucking finally realized. Yeah, it was, it was, it was funny, man. That was Part great. Of it funny. Um, so, Hangman ends up rapping... The chain around John Moxley's neck threw him over the top rope and started to and started to um, uh, wrench on the chain as John Moxley could feel, you know that he was you know he, he was getting fucking choked, um, and Moxley tapped out, and Adam Page won. He came out also with a new theme song and new. Black and red Trons, which looked fucking beautiful. I have to listen to the theme song a little more. Um, the words sounded pretty cool, man, but at first it caught me way off guard because I really do like uh, Ghost Town Triumph. I really like, and I heard a rumor that this might be a one-off theme. Mm. So that's also a possibility, but if it's not, I'm down. Again, I'll have to really listen to it. But it's from the what I heard from the lyrics. It sounds really cool, man. It really did seem like old cowboy song that they were playing like an old western or something, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. JT says, "I seen in person Moxley pulling a fork out and stabbing it into Lance Archer's forehead. Then he licked the bloody fork. What is with this man? What do they got in that? Does Renee not check the fucking? She's got to start checking the utensils when he leaves for work, bruh. When he leaves for these damn pay-per-views, she's got to open that drawer and be like, "Yep, there's a fork missing." <laughs> what does this man have with forks, bro? As bro just pulled it out of his boot. That was awesome, though. Yeah. Uh, also, Renee was involved in a lot of the video packages just kind of mm. like giving her two cents kind of weird but uh you know i i mean i didn't mind it no i, I don't know one thing my type of video package the one that the ones that really like get me hooked are the ones where it's not really 
you know, they'll have, like, interviewers, like, talk about the match, obviously. That's, like, a standard. But when it's really, like, a song playing and just moments between the feud that matter. I love those. My favorite, personally, Cena versus Wyatt. WrestleMania Le 30. Legacy by, by fucking Eminem. Oh. Playing in that shit. That's got to be one of my favorites, man. And then all the NXT ones are fucking heat. Um... I always, I always tell, I always tell you this, but like, if I were to have anybody sing me a theme song, it would be Ozzy, oh, uh, Black Sabbath, um, or Marilyn Manson. If I had anybody to play me a video package, it would be uh, Beartooth. Same. Which brings me to DIY versus Revival, Takeover Toronto. That was the theme song of the show, but they also used it in the video package mm -hmm. for that match. Fucking amazing. Absolutely amazing. Hell yeah, man. It's, she was in those a lot, and that was really cool. And I think they it just... That's one thing... Because AEW does great with theme songs when it comes, you know, you know, buying them. You know, they don't do great with making them all the time. Especially with fucking next match over here. Fucking Wardlow. What the fuck was that? But um, <laughs> when it comes to, like, acquiring, uh, you know, actual song to put with somebody, they're amazing at it. I would really like them to do that with pay-per-views and dynamite and feuds that matter, man. I would love for dynamite to open with a legit-ass good song. Pay-per-views to be with a legit-ass good song. That's that's one element that, like, nobody gets right anymore. Not since fucking Black and Gold, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the last, the last time, uh, actually... It was, uh, it was pretty recent, but you know this is a Triple H thing. Um, Survivor Series. Yeah, they had war games. That intro with fucking Ozzy Osbourne singing War Pigs. Perfect. You do not get shit like that all the time, man. You do not get shit like that all the time. And then, their next big pay-per-view, we all know what the fucking theme song for Royal Rumble was. <sighs> oh my fucking God. Party. <laughs> That god-awful song and performance. Meanwhile, you know, two months prior, Ozzy Osbourne gives you one of the fucking dopest show intros I've ever seen with him sitting on a black throne singing War Pigs. Like, come beautiful. on, Beautiful. Absolutely on. beautiful. However, however, um... Yes, this was awesome, man. This was awesome. Um, WWE only does cool video package for WrestleMania. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they... Well, they did do a really cool one for Drew McIntyre at Clash with Broken Dreams playing. Oh, hell yeah. But then they just fucking killed it by having Gallantry start playing. I'm like... <sighs> No. Literally, man. Like, no, why? Why would you do that? Uh, omelet for Elimination Chamber was great, Logan says. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was that a good was one really as well. Cool. That was a good one as well. I, I dug that song. Um, fucking Omelet, man. Um, That's one element about 2018 NXT that I miss. Every pay-per-view, I was so excited to see what the main theme was. Dude, they had uh, Bloodwater, A Wonderful Life, um... Dude. That shit was always on point, man. Uh, do you remember Motionless and White uh, Loud? Oh, dude, that one was good, too. Then they had, you know, then they had Voices. That was a fucking banger as well. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon. Did Wonderful Life. Um, 
man, I mean... There were so many fucking good ones. Man. Yeah, Brooklyn Four was Bloodwater and uh, Voices, right? Voices, yeah. That was yeah. the double. I think that was the... I think that was the double one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Takeover Toronto was Beartooth hated. <sighs> that that because of Triple H and NXT, if it wasn't for them, I probably would have never found out about my favorite band, uh, my goat band in and Beartooth. So literally, man, like whew. that's the stand I would love to see again. It's because I think AEW could do really good with that. Because to be honest, you know they don't really give off that type of music vibe for me. They never really did, but like, just even just like cool '80s music would be great for AEW. AEW gives me like a vibe of maybe like '90s, early 2000s rap music. Yeah, I could really see shit like that being in there. Yeah, yeah, they. I could see a lot of that. They've wanted to. They were a. They a couple times were gonna. They tried to get DMX tracks on yeah. a couple things, and then they also tried to get um. Uh, like 80s rock because mm-hmm. I could really see that yeah um, which is great because I know a lot of people complain about Triple H for not getting out of 70s and 80s rock I'm fucking fine with that I'm down for that shit I fucking love it Spending better and, than fucking Pitbull and that <laughs> <laughs> fucking CeeLo Green Florida <laughs> bro oh, dude who, who's the fucking new guy for fucking weekend you know he's not horrible. He's not horrible, but they use him too much. They use him too fucking much. Every man. for the past four WrestleManias, it was blinding lights. Then it was another one. Then it was another one. And this year, it's another one it's like, from the weekend. Um, what was that one they used? It was, it was Elimination Chamber twenty twenty one. When they, I think when they used Astronaut in the Ocean. I think it was for Extreme Rules actually. What did I say? Eliminate. It was extreme. My was, bad. I meant to, it, it was, was Roman and Finn. I think it was that <laughs> show. Dude, they used that garbage ass fucking house music remix of that fucking song. Oh my god. The fuck was that, man? Like, I want to hear some good ass shit, bro. Put on some fucking Black Sabbath for that, your fucking pay per view. That's why for that's why for War Pigs. That's why. <clears throat> Yes, JT. JT, bro. He's got to sing out both of those motherfuckers. That we just said that. Logan told us Wednesday, I think, or Monday, that uh, Alter Bridge is going to be in uh, an hour away from SoFi Stadium the Saturday of WrestleMania. Um, he needs to sing out Edge and Man. the Judge uh, Finn Balor. Dude, the other Dude, side. Oh, bro, I need to hear the I other. Need I need to hear, to hear the live. other side live. I fucking love that song. I, I love that more than Metalingus. Personally, the, same. The other side is fucking hard, man. That shit is heat, dog. It really is. But, um, dude, yes, WWE is genuinely getting so bad with their with their uh, pay per view theme songs, man. But I would like to see, I would like to see AEW definitely introduce a little bit more of that. Uh, a little, a little bit more of that sound. Mm-hmm. They need more sound. Definitely. Um. Yes, Triple H. Triple H in that era introduced me to so many good bands and, and good music. Just incredible. But uh, yes, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm personally fine with Triple H staying in the the '70s and '80s oh, era yeah. of rock, mixed in with like newer bands that he likes because the newer bands that he likes are They're pretty good. good. He likes Beartooth, you know. He likes he likes Motionless. Um, he likes. Uh, Bring me the horizon, and I, 
I like all those bands. So, um, but dude, man, yes, we, and I think that's going to be an aspect that Triple H is going to bring back because you know Triple H knows the importance of music. Yes, he does. And I seen a rumored list of people that were supposed to have special entrances and uh, Bray Wyatt was on there. So I would love to see Code Orange. Uh, they're another uh, they're another band that Triple H done. Uh, t- Slipknot. Slipknot. How the fuck could I forget Slipknot? Uh, he, Triple H even used Fozzie. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he he uh, he definitely has fucking great taste in music, man. He used Unsainted for one of the, I think it was one of the war games, I want to say. No, that was, um, no, that was one of the war games. And then All Out Life was the NXT theme. NXT theme song. Yep. Damn, yeah. shit was so good. Damn, I miss that shit, man. Yep. Yes, the weekend passed four years in a <laughs> row. Good fucking god, man. Yeah, I mean it's just it. you can use better, you can use better, better songs, man. You can really use better songs. Less than zero. Good lord, that's how many fucking people are gonna be listening to that fucking song for Mania. Oh my god, WrestleMania thirty nine as well. Wait, are we going into 39? Oh, fucking stupid. Why did I think... Oh, yes, next year is 40. I don't know. I was like, oh my god, why are they Why are they booking this shit fucking harder than they're booking some of their shit on television? They're booking the man five years in a row? Okay, yes, hopefully... This needs to be the last time we see The weekend. There's so many other, like, rap or, like, pop artists you can use that are good nowadays. Ken, Kendrick Lamar... Is is one of the fucking best, uh, is one of the best artists of our generation, and I feel there's so many fucking songs you can find of his that are that fit somewhat of the WrestleMania vibe. That's also just me being a big Kendrick head, but um, <laughs> but you can't tell me there's not you're you cannot tell me there's fucking there's not a song that um. Uh, you can't, you cannot tell me you cannot find one Kendrick song you can use for a WrestleMania. I mean, there's, there's so much Eminem. You can use an Eminem song for a WrestleMania, one of his more popular songs. I mean, there's so many other people than The Weeknd. Yeah. Um, especially if you want, like, modern, you know, popular music. Like, I could think of, like, a couple, like, Juice World and Uzi songs that could even work for these shows, man. Mm-hmm. Even shit like that, I think, can work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. There's, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of good music you can use, man. And yeah, the weekend, weekend is not it. Weekend is not it. He, for, for me, he fucking the only, the only songs that I, I'll ever even give a listen are songs that came out when I was in fucking middle school. Exactly. That was when he first came out. Literally. Um, but man, I mean. Golly, fucking give Fetty Wap a song before he gets fucking 40 years in the pen or something. Exactly, I don't know. Bro. That vibe would be fucking nuts. <laughs> that shit would go hard. It would, man. It would. But, um, yes, yeah, so that's our, uh, that's our non-wrestling, that's our non-wrestling segment of the show, man. So, yes, uh, but yes, man, John Moxley and Hangman Page great match definitely definitely tied for me you guys will have to give me a couple days man uh to think about this bro but uh definitely between that and the house of black versus uh the elite but then there was also um 
there was also the main event that was yeah, really fucking was good, really man. Pretty good, man. So I may need a couple days to sit and think about this, man, because they were all really good, but this one was a banger nonetheless. Moxley tapped, and Yuta and Claudio came to get him, and um, Yuta and Claudio came to get him, and MJF, uh, or sorry, and, and Hangman walked away on his own two feet, man, and it's going to be interesting to see what the hell happens uh, with Hangman and where the story goes with the Elite because I think the story with Mox is uh, officially done. Yeah. And so. Different to see how it evolves, man, because I'm, I'm intrigued. They, they've they always been teasing it, man. Like, I remember, like, I think it was, it was two or three weeks ago in Hangman's locker room, you could see the Young Buck shoes, shoes. Yep. in the background. Like, there's it's still a thing. And I think the story's coming up soon, and I can't wait. Definitely, man. It should be should be really exciting, dude. It should be really exciting. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, so that was that match. Moving on here. <laughs> and you guys wonder why we stayed on theme songs for a minute. <laughs> fucking... Not really. But, um... TNT Championship match. The TNT Championship match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. Um, I don't know if Wardlow is in NWO Wolfpack or uh, what, but I don't know what the intro to his theme song was. It was a wolf, and it was howling. Oh, dude, I fucking hated that shit. And then it went into his old, you know, original AEW theme song, which is... You know, I like better than that fucking Goldberg song. Mm -hmm. I will say that. However, I'm just here to remind you guys. He should be coming out to War Pigs. He should, bro. He should be coming out to War Pigs. The War Pig agenda... He's still alive. It's not stopped. No. And Tony Khan... It's been like a fucking year now. You need... <laughs> you need to buy this man War Pigs. Um... Triple H, apparently, I don't know if he's giving up IP, or I don't know if he, I don't know yeah. who's letting these people use IP. Tonight, we seen Yes, mm -hmm. which he's always said, that's their IP, that's their intellectual property, he cannot use that. He was doing he, Yes. He did it, I don't know if he was just fucking dizzy and didn't even know where he was, but he did it. And, what was the other thing we heard? Shatter Machine. They just said Shatter Machine, and... And then, it was either Dax or Cash, they tweeted out Shatter Machine. And they tweeted out like, yeah, they said it or something like that. So you call them that now? They didn't... Because, you know, sometimes they'll fuck it up on commentary and then call it the AEW name. They didn't even... Shatter Machine, Big Rig! <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they didn't mention Big Rig. They didn't say anything about that. They mm -hmm. just said Shatter Machine. And then, you know, with Daniel Bryan, they did the yes... I don't know if I'm just imagining it, but if they did they say Black Mass at all? I don't think they No. Did. No. They I don't wish. they've never had a name for his move. That's one thing about Malachi Black I noticed too. They never gave the Black Mass a name. No. It's just his kick. His finisher. <laughs> that that kick. Give it a fucking name. I don't know if like it would be kinda cool. If you could call it the Black Mass, but spell it like M-X-S-S. -S. Yeah. But still so call it the Black Mass, you know? That would be nice. I would like that, man. But, and 
and with Wardlow's new entrance theme, it got into lyrics, and they didn't sound bad. But it's like, it feels like it's three separate theme songs fucking transitioning into each other. Mm-hmm. It, the transitions in them were horrible, man. Like, I'll definitely have to give it a listen when, you know, in fucking two months when they fucking come out with the damn thing. This song's out. Oh, it is. It's in new... That's his, that's his old AEW song. I do not remember lyrics in it at all. I'm dead. I yeah. thought it was new. I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah. I, that um, was... That was the song. That was the song he used last year, and then he kept using it after Double or Nothing. They must have been watching the channel and heard me bitching about War Pigs, but so then they gave him like that shitty Goldberg mix. Yeah. But that was the song before that. He's he, that's been his song the whole time, and then midway through the Wardlow or the Goldberg type song, then they gave him back. This is War, but they added the Goldberg intro. The do. Mm-hmm. So the crowd could chant Wardlow in the beginning. But now apparently he's part of the fucking NWO wolf pack. Because there's a wolf in the beginning of his song. I guess so, man. Even though I always thought his logo was more of a dog than a wolf. You know, war dog. Right, the war dog. Right. Yeah. That's why I, I can't know why he fucking it's a wolf. But he's part of the fucking wolf pack, I guess, man. Maybe maybe he's going to start buddying up. He was buddying up with Sting. <laughs> Maybe you fucking rubbed off on him too much, man. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I thought that was a new theme song. I never noticed the lyrics, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> this match was, uh... I didn't even pay attention to it. This match this match was... Happened. There. It was just, it was very slow-paced. I mean, it was, you know... Not, not that every match has to be fucking Will Ospreay, but, um, you know, I mean, the match was very slow-paced, kind of boring, um, if I'm being 100% honest, um, at least it's just my opinion, but the match was kind of just, and it ended very abruptly, mm-hmm. um, you know, Wardlow was, Wardlow was just kind of, kind of on the defensive a lot of the match Samoa Joe got him in the coquina clutch a couple times Wardlow got out ended up getting him in the coquina clutch and to me what I thought was maybe just one of those things where you know he's trying to beat him with his own moves Samoa Joe actually passed out yeah and that was that also right back to Moxley and Hangman I forgot that match ended in 24 minutes and 45 seconds so that was that but um yeah I mean he passed out and it just ended just like that it was very abrupt and the fuck man like that was real weird real weird match and although it's cool that you know he's tnt champion again good for him why'd you do all that flip-flopping with darby if you were just gonna end up putting it back on wardlow should have kept it on small jill the whole time and now he's gotta go on wednesday and now he ha- he's gonna have to beat will hobbs on wednesday and he shouldn't have to, because Will Hobbs just came back from being off TV for a fucking minute. Now he's got to come back and lose. You know what? At Full Gear, we seen Joe versus Hobbs versus Wardlow. Mm-hmm. We're literally, like, right back. Where we started. Because, because I feel Samoa Joe, in some way, shape, or form, is going to come back. Uh, and, like you know disqualify the mat uh have it end in a dq so so him and or uh so wardlow doesn't keep the belts or, or whatever but 
don't know, man. It's it's weird, man. It's it's real fucking weird. I don't know where they're going with this. They've been flip-flopping that fucking title around so goddamn much. I don't even fucking know at this point. Just, just stay consistent at this point. At this point, just keep it on Wardlow for until like all out. Not even, not even for Wardlow's sake. For the title's sake, it needs to be on somebody for a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I don't care, you know, if you want a couple short reigns, but literally when that's the story of, uh, when that is the identity of this title, and all the bad, all the bad attached to this title is literally connected to them constantly flip-flopping it, it's not good. No, it's, it's not good at all, man. It doesn't make the title look good in the slightest. Yeah, so... I don't know, man. I don't know. Doesn't make sense whatsoever. Doesn't make sense whatsoever, man. Um, Just ended like that, bro. Wardlow, uh, you know, put him to sleep with the Coquina Clutch, and that was it. That was it. Then Wardlow is the TNT champion again, and his crowd reactions have went drastically down. Mm-hmm. They've went drastically down, and Wardlow with short hair... It's just not it. It's really not, man. I don't know. It is it is not it, man. It really, really is not. Um He really needs to grow his shit back out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the yeah, the the short the short hair it's not doing it, man. It is not doing it whatsoever. Not at um, all. Yeah, man, so Yes, that was that match. That was that match. And then, next match. This fucking thing. The AEW World Tag Team Championships. The Guns. Defeated. Jeff Jarrett. Jay Lethal. The Acclaimed. And Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. I seen Danhausen. Do moves. Yeah, I mean, it was only for like five seconds, but like, dude, bro, I saw him wrestle. What was that? He, he has, he's capable of wrestling. Look at that. Dude, how long has this motherfucker been in this damn company? Since March last year. And this is literally the first time I've seen him step foot in the ring and do a sequence. Every time he's gotten into the ring, it's a quick squash. Mm-hmm. Quick. He does not get any offense, at least that I can remember. I can remember at all. He gave fucking, I believe it was one of the guns. It might mm-hmm. have been Colton. He gave him a German suplex. He fucking drop kicked him in the corner. I'm like, he, he wrestles? You can wrestle? Uh, blew my fucking mind. Dude. No words. No. No fucking no words. words. He is capable of wrestling. He can wrestle. Wow. What a fucking shocker, man. <sighs> and I mean, from the pace and fluentness, fluicity, or whatever the word is, he's pretty fucking fluent. Yeah. Why haven't you been having him wrestle? He obviously sells good fucking merch. I like the fucking idiot. At least put him in the fucking ring sometimes. Dude. Oh my god. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy to me. I seen Dan Housen do 
wrestling moves. What a fucking shocker, man. You guys have no idea how floored I was when that happened. The whole sequence, I was like... <laughs> I was... Uh, there was a point in this match, bro, where it genuinely looked like there were they were going to put the tag team championships on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Oh my god. That would have been hor- a... Fucking horrendous, man. I can't even fucking speak. This match was so ass. <laughs> his gimmick is peak ass. Yeah, you ain't wrong. Yes, his his gimmick is fucking horrible, man. How do you fucking AEW marks hate fucking Bray Wyatt for being a story guy and, you know, never wrestling? That's a good point. But their fucking little favorite fucking... Dan Housen have never seen that man wrestle up until now. Literally have never seen him wrestle up until now. And he's your little favorite? Come on, bro. Come on. Make make your reasoning at least make sense. Be consistent at least. Seriously. Seriously, dude. Yes, can't can't blame you. Can't blame you for that at all. And that is very true. These genuinely are the same the same people that say Bray Wyatt is ass are the same people that that uh, are are a fan housing. Don't say that again. Give me a fucking break. Give me a break housing. <laughs> yeah. So, <sighs> dude, I couldn't believe it though. Yeah. I genuinely couldn't believe we seen Dan Housen do a move. He did a move, he did and it two. was good. Yeah, he did two moves, and it looked good. You know, I always hear about Danhausen having some like dark side on the indies, and he actually looks pretty fucking sick. Bro, what? What is the what is the fucking deal? What is the deal with this guy in, in in AEW, man? I mean, what is his gimmick? And don't give me what Danhausen says of what did I fucking see? I seen him say one time his gimmick was if Conan O'Brien was a vampire. Fuck does that even mean? What the fuck? Like what? what the fuck are you talking about? What dude? kind of? He just walks around like this all day. What the fuck are you doing? So fucking stupid, dude. So stupid. Um, horrible. The Gun Club end up winning uh, against Danhausen. They pin Danhausen. They hit him with what I thought was going to be a shatter machine. It was a assisted fucking flatliner. Lame, dude. The most bland motherfuckers on your roster have the blandest tag move. Dude, they don't have anything cool. Nothing. <laughs> they Fucking don't, nothing. They don't got. They got a dumbass theme song. They got no look. They can't talk. A generic fucking song. Fucking move set of a fucking 2K fucking preset, and the finisher of a 2K preset. Those two are the most bland human beings on earth. They are, they are if you just took a piece of chicken out the package and you sat it on a grill. That is the fucking gun club. No seasoning. No seasoning, no fucking sauce, nothing. Just bland. Just existing. Dude. So the gun club win. Renee gets in the ring. Renee gets in the ring and she... Ask the guns, um, you know, what is next for them, or, or, uh, she asks her, she asks them something, um, and, and Austin says in the gun, who is the ass boy now? You. 
you are ass, boy. Um, <laughs> dude. They gotta come out and have Mark Briscoe tell them that. Dude. They got to. Oh, bro. They fucking got to. That's the only thing that would make me pop about those fucking two is that happening. Honestly, dude. I mean, that's that's fucking, that's why they call you the ass, boys. Because um, you fucking suck. Um, <clears throat> they said, we beat FTR, we beat Jarrett and Lethal, we beat the Acclaimed, we beat, and then we heard the theme song for... Dax and Cash, FTR, making their return to AEW, man. And it is being reported as of right now, the belief backstage is that they are signed back with the company. And that is why, you know, they're back because it would make no sense for Tony Khan to bring them back right now, have them challenge for the tag team championships just to lose them and then probably show up on WWE a couple weeks later. Yeah, that really wouldn't make sense at all. At that point, they would probably either stay off TV or just come off for a send-off match. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they were originally going to do with Malachi Black when they originally offered him. You know, if you want to leave, you could leave after, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. They, they would have done something like that. They wouldn't have gone for the titles like that, so... I think they'll maybe they set a full, uh, you know, a long-term contract that could be possible. I don't know, but it looks like at least for the time being, they're in AEW, man, which is very interesting that they made that play. Definitely, man, definitely. So that was um, that was that match, man, and that was the return of FTR. They came out, they fought the guns. They gave Austin the assisted pile driver, um, and then they gave Colton, not the big rig, the shatter machine. They gave Colton Gunn the shatter machine, and they called it the shatter machine. Crazy. Fucking Absolutely insane. crazy, crazy. Um, I, I popped for that alone, let alone FTR coming back. They held up the AEW Tag Team Championships and threw them at the Gun Club who were laying on the outside. Pretty fucking cool, and I'm so excited to see them back, and I'm so excited to see these guys uh, become the AEW Tag Team Champions again. Hell yeah, man. And, uh... Hopefully breathe some life into this division. Yes, and avenge mm -hmm. that reign. Exactly. <laughs> that Please. original reign. That was... Fucking horrendous. So, in the main event, we had MJF, Brian Danielson for the AEW Championship in a 60-minute Iron Man match. <clears throat> this match was kick-ass, bro. This match was kick-ass. This was very good. These guys definitely made the hour last, and, and they, they told a really good story in this match. You know, obviously things picked up towards the end, mm -hmm. as they're always going to. But, um, yeah, man, this was really good, man. This was really good. Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. Never failed. At least one time every time. I know, dude. Uh, Bryan Danielson did hit the uh, Busaiko knee uh, on MJF. Uh, he hit uh, the knee on MJF. Picked up the first fall. MJF would then get himself disqualified 
giving Danielson a second fall uh, off his uh, off his DQ. He would capitalize and pin Danielson twice in a row to tie it two to two. Mm-hmm. Although I do not like when people get pinned very frequently, that made sense, and it actually made MJF look really fucking smart. Yeah. Um. So I do dig it. Uh. You know. Uh, me and you uh, and our buddy were during the show talking about uh, Seth and Dolph Ziggler, their Extreme Rules match, how the final score was like fucking seven to eight or eight to nine. And I was telling you guys, like, there is absolutely no way somebody should be pinned nine times in the span of 30 minutes. Exactly, bruh. And another thing, like, about when that happened, it happened like 34 minutes in. Literally, yep. it happened halfway through the match. And by that point, if it was a normal match, that shit would have been the end of the match anyway, around that time. Yeah. So it made sense to when that sort of sequences started then. And I really liked the way they did it in, in, this, in this match. Definitely, definitely. And it was placed very well. MJF hit a beautiful flying elbow drop to Brian Danielson on the outside through the announce table. The, the left side cracked. So he comes around again, gives Danielson a jumping tombstone through the other side of the table. Danielson's forehead was bleeding, his mouth was bleeding, MJF was pretty bloodied up, uh, especially towards the final like 15 minutes of the match. Um, it was tied, uh, I believe, 3-3 at this point, towards the end of the match. Uh, Danielson... Danielson was um, had MJF in a one-legged Boston Crab, um, a one-legged Boston Crab. He he hooked only one of the legs, and MJF. Everybody wanted MJF to tap so so bad towards the end of the match, and um, he waited till the time ran out. He waited till the time ran out, and after the clock hit the clock hit zero. He started tapping out, man. Mm-hmm. It was so amazing. We were at three to three, and I, I. It was at this point I thought AEW was about to make one of the most drastic mistakes mm-hmm. that was going to just be horrible to um, kind of the trajectory of fans as of late. A lot of people have been very. Uh, 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 critiquing mm-hmm. AEW a lot because of their lack of storytelling and man I thought I knew I knew if they were to send these fans home after an hour with no winner it was going to be a sticky situation and they were going to get a ton of backlash for that booking decision because let's not remember a couple of years ago NXT did a fatal four-way when Cross got hurt. They did a mm-hmm. fatal four-way Iron Man match. Did not have it go to sudden death with the two guys that were tied, which was Finn Balor and Adam Cole. They drug it out to the very next week, and they got shit on for mm-hmm. it. And I, I knew from then, I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, oh my god. Once the fans started chanting bullshit, then I started to ask myself, I'm like, they're... There, come on. No way. There's, yeah. there's no way. There's no fucking way they're going to end it here. And f- for their sake, they didn't. Uh, and, oh, man, they're, uh, they better they better be thanking the Lord, man, because then Tony Schiavone starts saying, okay, okay, all right, 
all right and um he walks down tells justin roberts justin roberts said it's going to go into sudden death rules as they were in the ring danielson was getting hype and mjf was getting oxygen um there was a point in this match where MJF was, uh, in the last five minutes, they went an hour and five minutes and 20 seconds. Um, in the five minute sudden death overtime, they, in the five minute sudden death overtime, they, uh, did, you know, Danielson had his one-legged Boston Crab in again. MJF grabbed the rope, uh, so, you know, Bryce knew he was good. Uh, also, while he was in this, Bryce took his ring off. Bryce and MJF are perfect. I oh, love their chemistry together. They do have great fucking um, chemistry with the way they kind of like know each other is going to, you know, fuck each other over in a way. They bicker with each other. Mm -hmm. um, another thing, too, speaking of refs, man, I thought Jeff Jarrett was about to get canceled for a minute. Oh, bro was pushing the shit out of Aubrey Edwards, man. Dude. And she was smacking his ass, too. That shit was insane. She started pushing him back. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, dude? That shit was crazy as hell, man. It really was. It really was, man. But, um, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, so, MJF, um... MJF grabs the rope, so Bryce knows he's good. He starts tapping out. Danielson, at this point, thinks he won because he heard the tapping. MJF goes outside to find out that the medical team left the CO, uh, CO2 tank um, on the outside. Danielson crawls out the ring. It was so funny how you kind of just see his head like appear yeah. above MJF's. <laughs> MJF grabs the, the tank smacks him in the head with it hard as shit. It was a brutal-ass hit. Only thing about that, though, Bryce was literally looking right at it. Yeah. It was looking right fucking at it. So, MJF then goes in the ring, puts the yes lock on, uh, starts wrenching on his head. Uh, Bryce is doing the, you know, hand drop. One, two. Then Danielson keeps it up. He keeps fighting, MJF keeps the hold in, and Danielson just ended up tapping out. That that ending, although I liked how it you know, went into overtime and I like how they did it, that was the only part that was weird. They should have just dropped it at three then. Danielson tapping isn't my favorite visual on the planet. It's not my favorite visual. I like that MJF does have that accolade that he made um, Daniel Bryan tap after over an hour. That That's a cool true. thing he could say. But, like, it's the way they did it. Like, why would he not give up and then just give up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it would have made more sense if he just, you know, couldn't take it. And they just dropped his arm three times and he was out. I think that would have been better. Definitely. Or if he, you know, wasn't out at the time, he would have got out the hold. Probably got hit with something, put back in the hold, and then either finally tap or finally knock out. But... Overall, I like what they did with that match. I really do. Yes, I, I personally, you know, me, you know, I mean, after an hour, after an hour uh, and five minutes of them wrestling, I would have just, I, I personally, I would have preferred if, mm -hmm. if, if Danielson would have just passed out because, I mean, you kind of just got right fucking yeah. hit in the head with a CO2 tank. After an hour of wrestling. <laughs> so it, it, it kind of would have been the same thing. It kind of would have been the same thing that happened with um, 
it kind of would have it kind of would have been the same thing as what he did to Darby Allen. He told him he was going to beat him with a fucking headlock takeover, mm-hmm. and he knocked him out, and he pinned him in a headlock takeover. Yeah. I would have liked if he told Danielson, like, you know, I made you fucking pass out to your own move. But then it also does sound very good. I made you mm-hmm. tap out to your own move. But for Danielson's sake, yeah. I don't want Danielson losing too many big matches because it seems like every time he's in a big match, he... He loses. He loses. And I know he's not here to win championships, but I also don't want to see him just fucking losing all the time. Exactly, man. Like, he's fucking overly humble. We know that. He doesn't want to step on anybody's toes. He doesn't want to take any time away from anybody. But, like, dude, you're Daniel Bryan. You earned the right to earn a fucking championship, man. That's it's not saying he should have won it here, because I do like that MJF won, yeah. obviously. But eventually... He's got to win that thing, man. He's got to. Yeah. At least for a little bit. He, d- he doesn't have to go on for a minute with it. Just at least have that accolade under his belt. Mm-hmm. Definitely, dude. Definitely. And I mean, this year at All Out, once All Out comes, we probably got like another year with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if there is somebody I would like to see come around and beat MJF, if he really is going to the Fed, it's Danielson, Darby Allen, or Adam Cole, and... I I would I would like to see Danielson, man, only because uh, I got so much time with him. Yeah, because you know he's gonna slip into the part timer role, and he deserves to do that. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's earned the right. But I also want to see that on his resume. Mm-hmm. AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, he helped the company through hard fucking times, um, and uh, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that was your AEW Revolution 2023 show review, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was was everything, man. I hope you guys did enjoy the review. Hope you guys did enjoy the review, man. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, man. We had a blast, as always. And as for Revolution, we will see you guys next year. We'll see you guys on the other side. And as for the next time we'll be seeing you guys for one of these shows, it will be... NXT absolutely not never fucking again yeah we'll see you guys at 2 in the afternoon with NXT TakeOver well not even TakeOver regardless Uh, obviously I'm joking please do not take that seriously nobody's fucking reviewing NXT Impact Um, we'll be here for hard to kill um, couldn't even tell you their next pay-per-view. I couldn't either. <laughs> um, yes, but as for the next time, we'll be seeing you guys for one of the show-in reviews, man. It will be WrestleMania, man, two nights. And hopefully, the last thing we will be talking to you guys about is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos for night one. Uh, but yes, man, that is the next time you guys will be seeing us live on here for the show reviews. WrestleMania 39, night one, and night two, man. So, with that, man, that is going to do it for this edition of the Revolution 2023 Review, man. This marks our third Revolution Review we have ever done on the Notorious Hills Podcast, man. So, with that, man, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast. That is going to do it for another great Revolution 2023 review, man. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Thank you guys so much. We love you guys so much, man. And it has been always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And uh, Sir K. And that is going to do it 
for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast, man. Another great Revolution 2023 review. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys tomorrow night with Notorious Unscripted. Peace. Surrender.